0: Welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Nate Endries. And I am Eddie Quinones. And this week, we have a special guest with us today. Everybody, welcome, Damon.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. My first ever podcast. Super excited.
0: First ever podcast. First ever championship appearance in our league here. So, happy to have you. You deserved it, bro.
1: Thank you. It might be my first ever ship in a couple years now not even this league just in general
0: yeah fantasy football i think is harder to come by a championship than other fantasy sports that i've played so it's it's definitely a grind it's well deserved to those who earn it so we'll see what happens this week let's get into episode 11 of course we're preparing for week 16 our championship edition of the podcast Let's uh, first talk about this past week, the semifinals, week 15. Go over our prior week recap. And let's start with the matchup that wasn't as close. Um, That would be me versus Nick. The final score was me putting up 183.7 points and Nick putting up 137.7 points. Um, So I'll go ahead and just jump in with my analysis first and then I can pass it off to you guys. So for as wide of a gap as the final score shows this matchup actually had me on the edge of my seat for most of the day on Sunday, believe it or not. I wasn't confident that I would win until one key moment, which is when I watched Kyler Murray throw Deandre Hopkins, a touchdown pass in the second half of that Cardinals Eagles game. Um, You know, ultimately I think Nick had a nearly impossible challenge when we learned that CMC would be out and he, you know, he did the best that he could with what he had. Ultimately though, the, the expected outcome prevailed and I punched my ticket to go three for three on championship appearances in our league's history. So we'll see what happens this week. We'll see if I can keep the, the title and the family and the injuries family, or if Damon will be our newest league champion, uh, Eddie, what did you have? Yeah.
2: Um, I thought it was, it was a pretty decent matchup. So earlier, Throughout the week, you know, those text messages that were going back and forth and I was playing around and and Nick was talking trash about me not being in the playoffs anymore. And I said, Nick, you better watch out because you might lose by 40 points this week. I honestly didn't didn't think he was actually going to lose by 40 points this week. I actually had this internally being a little closer. Um, I just think, it, again, like you said, with Christian McCaffrey being out for him, it hurt a lot. And that was kind of like his one hope to possibly have a shot here. Um but again, congratulations to Nick for making it that far. He had a great team this year. He held that first or second place spot down the entire year. Um, and he was kind of teetering back and forth, you know, championship last year. So congratulations to him. And then congratulations to you for coming out of it, kind of going into the finals here and, and getting it through there.
0: Thank you. Damon, what did you have coming away from this matchup?
1: I mean, so ex- as expected, I mean, to beat Thanos, kind of have to play your best game ever and unfortunately for his guys it just didn't happen that way I mean you kind of have to have your your career highs for each player to go and you know be your team um I expected more points out of you honestly but I mean you come away with the win congratulations I hope you uh maintain your your streak where you're going at right now you know I, I like I like the 183 I think I think that's a good number for you, but you can do a lot better than that.
0: Yeah, and I, I can already tell I know what you're doing, Damon. You're building <laughs> me up to be this unbeatable team yeah, so that yeah. it comes off as you being the underdog and putting all the bad juju, all the bad energy my way. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a level head throughout this episode and respect you as my
1: equal going into Listen. this matchup.
2: Listen, I'm going to keep it a stack of pancakes here. He's definitely underdog here. I,
1: I, think I have to beat that. you to the punch with the whole reverse psychology compliments thing. I got to beat you before you get me. That's just Well, that's I awesome. guess I'm just
0: going to have to top you. I think you might have the greatest <laughs> team that that the league has ever <laughs> seen. So <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the second matchup, which was like I said, closer than our first. It was Scott versus Damon with the final score being Damon putting up 192.6 points. Scott putting up 179.4 points. So Damon got off to a strong start, likely to Scott's dismay, after Josh Allen dropped nearly 40 points against Denver on Saturday afternoon. Um, Guys that were expected to perform, like Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Swift, and Justin Jefferson, they all met expectations. But there was one player in particular that I kind of considered as a coin flip at best as to whether he would perform for Damon, and that was Matty Ice. Um, after averaging just 9.8 points per game in each of his previous four games, Matt Ryan put up three times that amount en route to a near 28 point performance, which was key to Damon's win over Scott to move on to the championship. Um, I did want to note Logan Thomas was a great pickup by Damon. He played a big part in this win for Damon as well, but as for Scott, Uh, His entire team performed to expectations with the exception of two players. And one of them was really key for him. That being DK Metcalf and the other was Rob Gronkowski. You know, we've seen up and down games from both of these guys, but in a week where Scott needed a big one from arguably just only one of these two guys, you know, to make up that point differential between he and Damon's final scores, he got big production from neither. So Damon ultimately moves on to the championship. Congratulations to him. But I did want to say great season by Scott in his first year in the league. Uh, Damon, what did you have walking away as the man that emerged victorious in this matchup?
1: So we started off hot. You can't be upset about that. But what I was nervous about was I really wanted to have my first two players that played outscore his first two players that played. And that ended up not being the case. I thought, that I was actually at a disadvantage to have Cole Beasley and Diggs outperform Allen and, and uh, Anderson. So I was not too happy going into Sunday. And then, like you said, an unexpected turnout by Matty Ice really propelled me to victory.
2: It was yeah. good to see. And I think I was pretty. it was a pretty good matchup the whole time. I think kind of going back and forth, you know, there was a point – in the middle of the day, I think, on on Sunday where it had the matchup being a little closer. Um, and then you just kind of took a little bit of that space and you kind of moved away a little bit. Um, but it was an exciting matchup to watch. I'm obviously – I'm rooting for you here. Since I lost to you, I want you to win. Um, but, yeah, overall, thought it was a really good matchup. Again, you guys mentioned this already, but those performances by some of those players, like Matty Ice said really well, and then DK not doing so great. Um, along with Gronkowski not doing so great, so
1: the person who really scared me was McKissick when he he had a bunch of points late, and then I really expected DK to get a lot more points late as well, like some garbage points. Really scared me to have it be like a Browns defense save the day type situation. Yeah, but gladly and- that didn't end up.
0: Yeah, and I. When I saw the scur- the score early and and it was a pretty wide gap between your score and his score Damon, I thought that this was going to end up being a blowout. Scott kind of made a late surge. I mean, he only was he only lost by what is that 13.2 points. Yeah. So like I said, you know, one one player on his team that had a, you know, a relatively downer performance, just having a big game would have been the difference right there like DK catching I don't know, a 70-yard touchdown. That right there is the difference in that matchup. So that could have easily happened on any given week. DK's a big – I mean, I wouldn't call him a – he is a boomer bust player, but he booms more than he busts. So he's one of those plus boomer bust players. And Scott just happened to get one of the rare occurrences where he busted. So that was unfortunate for him. Um, that brings us to you know, our official championship matchup, which will be – Me as the three seed of the 99 club with an overall 10 and five record. That's including playoff wins versus Damon, the four seed. Odell's a number two receiver with the same record, 10 and five, again, including playoff wins. But let's not forget, we do have our third place matchup where Scott and Nick will be playing for their money back. So Scott was the number one seed coming into the playoffs helmet in the bush. He has an overall 10 and four record, including the playoffs. Nick is the number two seed, and he rebranded as the replacements, probably due to the players that he had available to him this past week in the playoffs. His overall record now is 9-5. and Before we kind of look ahead to this coming week, I did want to pick your brain a little bit, Damon, because you're obviously a new voice here on the podcast. First, I wanted to ask you a specific question about this past week, because I know from talking with you, Leading up to the weekend, you were considering dropping Matt Ryan based on how he had performed over the past month leading up to this past weekend. So, my first question to you is what went or what was the thought process with deciding to hold on to him over going for somebody on waivers that maybe you thought could have been a better option?
1: So, I've made some questionable decisions in other leagues that kind of screwed me like really bad. So, I decided to say i'm going to look at the waiver and if i really 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 like a matchup then i'll make the big switch but that just didn't end up being a case i i didn't like any of the matchups soon you know like too much to to say hey i need to drop matty ice for like drew lock i think that's who i was looking at heavily but i just didn't end up doing it
0: Sure. And even some of the other names, like we we talked about them on last week's episode, but Gardner Minshew was going up against the Ravens defense. So that wasn't a slam dunk claim by any means. And I think I might be wrong here, but I think Nick had priority over all of us anyway. And he claimed Gardner Minshew with his first waiver claim priority. So that wouldn't have been an option. So ultimately, you know, based on where I ranked Drew Locke, on our episode last week, I agreed with your decision to keep Matt Ryan. Obviously that paid off for you in a big way. The second question that I wanted to ask you, which we were talking about this before we were recording tonight was, you know, I pointed out maybe three or four episodes ago that myself, Nick and Michael were tied in our league for the most trades made throughout the season at 17. While you were tied with JC for the least trades made, made in the league throughout the season at four. So, I wanted to pick your brain because we were kind of painting throughout the season that you trade to stay alive. You trade to stay at the top of the league with those best teams. Well, here we are in the championship and you kind of have a tale of two opposites with me being tied with the most frequent trading in the league and you being tied with the least frequent trading in the league. So give us a little bit of insight as to why you don't trade very often or if that's not your regular management style, why this particular season you didn't trade very often?
1: So one of the big things that went into it is I didn't end up having any big injuries on my team, which is very fortunate. And then another big thing that went into it was just spite kind of, because there were, it was the time when you dropped the, like late in the season, you dropped the, the picture of all the teams and our, like our projections like where we stood there and I was like on the lower end of all like the playoff teams and projections. And then I kind of made a joke. I was like, my team just hasn't peaked yet. Like well, I'm good, I don't really need to make any moves. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I just didn't end up making any big trades. I just, I felt really good about my team and I didn't just didn't want to mess that up. So it was kind of, it's kind of in spite to you, not into you, but to the projections yeah, I didn't make any big moves. And then also, I, I, I'm i a big guy on like draft. I like when like people draft a really good team versus if you just trade your way up to a team, like, you know, your expertise there. And I felt most of my guys are drafted. So I kind of take a little bit of pride in that.
0: Yeah, and I don't I can't take anything away from you. I don't think anybody else can the results speak for themselves. Eddie, do you have anything to add here? Um you, you you've witnessed all year Damon and I are on opposite ends in terms of our trade philosophies. So do you have anything to add? I think that's just the message that anyone out there in the league, obviously
2: trading is fun and it's, and it's, and it's good for certain teams and making certain moves, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to put you in a better position because he played me who I made probably four or five more times the trades that he's made. And he beat me played Scott. Scott's probably made two times the amount of trades that he has, or something around there. Um, Not sure exactly where Scott's sitting at, but I'm pretty sure he made a decent amount of trades this year, beat Scott. Um, So, you know, he's definitely sending a message out there saying, you don't have to make all these trades to kind of make it that far. You just have to be able to manage your team and kind of get those pieces together early, um, kind of like how he did. So kudos to you for doing that.
1: Thank you. I mean, and at the end of the day, it's fantasy football. Yeah. Like anything can happen. Exactly.
0: Man. Yeah, that's true. But it was it's cool to see that like two opposite strategies can both be successful. I thought that was definitely worth pointing out and discussing. So let's uh let's look ahead to our championship week, week sixteen, and let's open it up to include our third place matchup in this discussion. Talking about Scott versus Nick. Out of these two matchups, who would you guys consider to be? Or I'll say I'll start with Eddie, um, because you could probably give us your answer to both. Um, looking at it from the outside who would you consider to be the favorite in each of our two matchups that are playing for money this week
2: I'd probably say probably you're the favorite going into this matchup I think you've been the favorite for almost every single one of your matchups in the playoffs um, and you haven't disappointed yet so I'm gonna gonna keep riding that wave but I will say this I'm not counting out Damon counted I wouldn't say I counted him out the first week just didn't think that his team was gonna perform to the, to that level. Um, and he did, and then this past week he dropped 192 points. Um, you don't just do that by accident. So I'd be very cautious of saying that you're the favorite. Um, but I think consistency wise, I think consistently you've been able to drop the the high number and have that that uh kind of that high floor. Um and then going into that next matchup with Scott and Nick, I think Scott's the favorite here. I think Nick's team with all the injuries, injuries and all the changes that he's made, I just don't think that his team has enough of a ceiling here to be able to kind of match Scott's floor, if you if you get what I'm saying there. So I'm going to go with Scott.
0: Yeah, Damon, you can first comment on Scott versus Nick, and then you try your best to weigh in unbiased on our own
1: <laughs> matchup. So for Scott versus uh, Nick, I actually think that Nick comes out of this one. I know that Scott projected higher by, what's 12.8. But if you look at Nick, and this is assuming that CMC does play. If he doesn't play, it's a little bit of a different situation. But if you look, you see Patrick Mahomes plays Atlanta. That's going to be a lot of points for Mahomes. I mean, it has to be. I mean, and then Henry plays awful green bay defense who let dalvin cook go berserk on them basically every time he plays them so i expect a lot of points out of henry and then the same for uh, allen robinson i think nicks best players could just carry him to this win you know with like the exception of a couple role players coming in but i think nick can win this this uh, third place matchup and then my unbiased opinion for the championship, it has to be Nate. Like right? how can not? He's Thanos himself. The and, the and the the main reason I say this is Nate's players, on their average, I believe can will obviously beat my players on my team's average. So my team has to boom to beat his average. That's that's my big takeaway on, on the matchup.
0: Yeah. And I'll first go there with our championship matchup. I think you you hit the nail on the head over the past. Um, I can't remember back to week 13 or even 12, but I do know over these past two weeks, my team has scored 183 this past week. I think it was 188 the week before I might've been in the one eighties the week before that. So I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that my average has been pretty consistent. But clearly you showed this week your score would have beaten mine. Um, so your boom has the capability of beating my kind of average. And Eddie, I kind of disappointed. You almost gave me the kiss of death because the last team that we were talking about having a high floor going up against Damon in the playoffs was your team who he knocked off. So hopefully that doesn't bring bad karma my way. Um, oh my given, the un- given my unbiased opinion, I would probably say, yeah, I'm I'm the favorite for the championship matchup but I'm more nervous about this matchup than I have been for each of my first two matchups. That's probably obvious to say, considering we're talking about me playing JC's team, which we all know just wasn't the same as it was, you know, mid season where he was looking like a legit playoff team Nick's team. It looks obvious in retrospect, but I was nervous kind of leading up to the weekend. Cause I thought maybe Christian McCaffrey would have a, sh- a shot at playing. Um, in the end, it it didn't end up being close in terms of what our lineups looked like, so I didn't sweat too much. Damon's team is legit, though. This is the one that uh, I wouldn't be surprised in any way if it was even over early, where it looked like you know I was just gonna be our runner-up finisher by mid Sunday, you know Sunday afternoon. I wouldn't be surprised. That being said, like I like I said before, I think the unbiased you know, feedback is that I'm probably the favorite going in, but I, I think just like Eddie said, it's anybody's matchup. And I'm actually going to agree with Damon on the third place matchup. I don't know if either of you guys saw, you guys didn't mention, so I figured I'd bring it up. Kyle Shanahan said that George Kittle has a really good chance of playing this week. So even if Nick doesn't get back Christian McCaffrey, it's looking like he's going to have Kittle and tight end has been the biggest hole for him all season long. And Kittle is a dog. He's second only to Kelsey, and, and really he's up there with Waller and Kelsey in terms of those three dominant tight ends that you think of in the NFL. So I think that even if he doesn't get Christian McCaffrey, that just getting Kittle back is going to be a big enough boost for me to call him the favorite this week. Uh, I think it'll be really close, another one of those that it's anybody's game who's going to finish in third place, but I'll call Nick the favorite this week. Let's toss it back to you, Damon. Which matchup out of these two would you expect to be closer?
1: That's actually a good question. And thinking about it, I actually think our matchup might be a little bit closer than Nick's matchup. And that might be come to a surprise. But I think that um, my team's going to perform well, uh, unbiasedly saying, I think your team's going to perform well. And I think it might actually be closer than the 12, but I think 12 is actually close, a close fantasy matchup. 12's kind of close. So I think it, it could stay around that 12. Maybe it could push 20, but I think ours ours would be pretty close just because of the individual matchups that uh, that we see here. Kind of like... I have a tough matchup with Josh Allen playing new England's defense. Um, I also have a tough matchup with Dylan and Jefferson playing the saints, but you have a tough matchup with Deandre Hopkins. You have a touch match tough matchup with Waller. So I don't see, think it's going to be a, a blowout like some, I think.
2: Okay. Sure. Eddie, what you got? Yeah. Um, it, it's tough for me. I think, um, to kind of think about exactly which matchup is going to be close. Cause I honestly think, I think they're both going to be relatively close. I think they're both going to be within 10 points of each other. Um, But if I look at it, you know, which, which matchup has the chance of being closer. um, I'd probably go with your matchup with the both of you. Uh, We've seen what Damon's team has been able to do um, and kind of what they can score. Um, and I expect this team to kind of come out and have another big week again. Like he said, there's tough matchups on both ends. Um, and fantasy is such a week to week thing and you you never really know what to expect. Um, but I, am going to go out there and and say, you know, I think, I think your matchup, I expect to be closer. I think they're both going to be close. Um, but I just think yours might be, might be a little closer and I hope it is. It'll make for a really fun, uh, Sunday night.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and just to clarify what Damon was referring to at the twelve, currently on ESPN, the matchup is projected as a twelve point difference, you know, what they project the outcome to be. Um, it rarely works out that the projection or that the that the final score shows roughly the same gap as what the projected score is at the beginning of the week. But I do agree with Damon here. I think it'll sit no more than 20 points apart when it's all said and done. So I'm also going to pick Damon and I's matchup as the one that I would expect to be closer. Now, that being said, I can't really, you know, I called Nick the favorite, but I can't really pick a winner confidently out of that matchup either. So I think out of what the matchups could have been coming into the championship, talking about, you know, for the first and second place finishers, as well as our third and fourth place finishers, I don't think that we could have gotten a better, you know, a more evenly matched uh, pair of matchups for our championship week than what we have here because it's really hard to pick a winner in each of these two matchups, which is really good. I think it perfectly captures how competitive our season has been all year long. So I'm glad about that. Which matchup do I think is more likely to see an upset? I'm gonna, and I'm, I'm I'm saying this unbiased, not to. Here it uh, comes. Here it comes. <laughs> not, not to try to do this reverse psychology thing, but just after watching what your team did this past week, Damon, I, I think it's our matchup. I think you are the more likely upset um, to be the team that's not necessarily expected to win, but could pull it off than we might see in the third place matchup. Because while I think that Nick is the favorite, um, assuming that Kittle is going to play, I think maybe the general consensus is that Scott would be the favorite in that matchup. And I do think that it's either going to be a case of Nick pulls off the win or Scott wins and it's not very close. So that's why I say our matchup is the one where I could see an upset more likely because I think that no matter which one of us wins, it's going to be pretty damn close. What do you got, Eddie? For which one's going to be, which one is more likely to see an upset?
2: I think I'm I'm going to agree with you here. I'm going to say the matchup between you two I think is the more likely to see an upset. Um, I just I just think that the I think the matchup between uh, Scott and Nick, while I think it's going to be close, I I'm not sure if I see it swaying. Um, Nick's way, because Miles Gaskins is out this week, so he has to fill his his, uh, his flex spot with somebody in his bench, um, and he's got some inconsistent players on his bench, so I'm just not sure where that's... if he's going to get what he needs out of that spot. Um, with your two matchups, like you said, we've seen the what Damon's team is capable of, um, and with the score he put up last week, he's capable of upsetting you, so that's kind of my guess there.
1: And then I guess I have to agree with everyone to keep the, the reverse psychology going is that a question or an answer <laughs> I, I, it's a question <laughs> and, and an answer I think I guess we're in the championship for a reason so the most likely upset quote-unquote I think has to come from there you know you would think that you would think the best two teams are in the championship so
0: so either team should be able to win So it. either team yeah. should
1: yeah exactly yeah Definitely. I agree
0: with all that so, so last question, as we are looking ahead to these, well, specifically as we're looking ahead to the championship matchup between me and Damon. If you guys were limited to only one player on each of these two teams, who are your picks for the X-Factor players in the championship matchup? And I'll lead us off, because I think that this question could have been interpreted, been interpreted in one of two ways. And I'll explain... How I, how I kind of approach this question. For me, I chose on my team, Darren Waller, and on Damon's team, Josh Allen. So the way that I kind of approached the thought process for answering this question was, who are the guys that, um, not necessarily all season long, but specifically over the past few weeks during our playoff run, who are the guys that have held our team down and have been the guys that have catapulted us to the wins, basically. For me, Darren Waller has scored 75 points over these first two playoff weeks. And for Damon, I think Josh Allen scored, what, 30? Not this past week, but the week before Damon. Does that sound about
1: right? uh, I can take a quick look right here. It was... no, it was it was 18.
0: Okay. So I was wrong about that. I know that he had over the past three weeks, he has at least two 30 point performances. Yeah, the yeah, week before was 30 the week before. before, yeah. But this past week he scored over 37 points. And so the way that I'm looking at this is um, you know, the question of course is are these guys gonna show up, but even further, are they gonna show up in the huge ways that they've shown up recently um, to kind of give their team an edge in this matchup, because it's not just going to come down to who's going to put is which roster is going to have every single player put up a floor of 10 points. It's not going to come down to that. It's probably going to come down to which roster has more players that absolutely explode. That's kind of the, you know, the point that we're at with this championship matchup. The other way that I was thinking about approaching this question is kind of like, who are the unlikely performers that if they had a huge performance it would tip the scales in that team's favor. And guys that I think of for that question would be like Kareem hunt on my team. Who's pretty boomer bust at this point in the season with Nick Chubb back Matt Ryan, who we've already talked about from Damon's team, but I don't want to take thunder away from these guys. So I'll toss it to you, Damon.
1: <laughs> I mean, you kind of, you want to call out all the players. You can call out all the players. <laughs> the I mean, you can just keep changing your definition of X factor. We keep go down the line, but I'm just going to go over every single player. (laughs) (laughs) They're all X-Factors. My uh, interpretation of X-Factor was the most inconsistent player that you kind of rely on. And if they boom, it could, you know, propel you to a win. So you you said my X-Factors already, which is why it's this funny. But Matt Ryan is my X-Factor on my team because – you can see just this past week, if he if he does play good, then it also helps out Calvin Ridley's performance because Calvin Ridley had 30. That, I don't know if that's his season high, but it's, it's a really good performance. So that's why he's my X factor. And then Kareem Hunt would be your X factor that I'm picking just because you kind of expect almost everyone else to perform a certain way on your team. And then once you get down to cream hunts, is it going to be under ten? Is it going to be over thirty? It's like that's kind of the question there.
0: Yeah. So, Way to be original. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin Ridley, he scored thirty-two point three this past week. That is only one point six under his season, his high, season high thirty-three point nine in week one. Yeah. So yeah. So I, in high my high.
2: in my pitch, I was actually Calvin Ridley was. In the first definition that you threw out there, Calvin Ridley was mine. He had 26.4 points in week 14 and then 32.3 points in week 15. And I think he's really helped your team kind of get over that hump and winning your games. Um, he's been having some really monster weeks these past few weeks, and obviously with Julio being out, um, it helps him even more. So for that first one, I have him. And then for that second one, I have Kenyon Drake. Um, on your team, being that player that isn't extremely consistent, um, that you need for him to perform, that if he were to put up a really good game, I think you seal the game there for yourself. Um, and then on Nate's side, for a player that he that consistently performs, obviously over the past couple of weeks, Devontae Adams hasn't done an insane amount. Last week he had, what, like seven points or something like that? Um, Eleven. Eleven. 11 points. Didn't have anything crazy, but I mean, it's, oh, it's what still... What a bad week. Yeah, what a bad week for him. It is
0: a terrible week for Devontae uh, Adams. Yeah, it but like I think lowest. for that
2: nice. X factor, that consistently performs. I think if Devontae Adams puts up at least 15 points, I think you're in a good spot because I think the rest of your lineup does pretty well. Um, and then for a player who isn't extremely consistent, can have a really good week, a really bad week. You guys have already said his name before, but Kareem Hunt, he can either have a really good week or he just has a really bad week. I think if Kareem Hunt puts anything above 15, 20 points, again, I think you're in a really good spot. So
0: Definitely, because you know at this point that Nick Chubb is going to get his every single week. Yeah, Hoping right. that those two guys that you just mentioned, Eddie, Devontae Adams and Kareem Hunt, I hope out of all my players this week that those are two guys that don't disappoint because both yeah. have pretty juicy matchups. Devontae Adams is going against... <laughs> tennessee's 30th ranked pass defense Mm -hmm. and kareem hunt of course is playing the new york jets and i think i saw today that they give up like the third most receptions to opposing running backs the jets that is so if we're talking about the matchups these should be really good matchups for these guys but anything can happen in fantasy football so right i don't want to set myself up too much for disappointment yeah all right let's uh quickly go over this portion this week. Uh, there was less to talk about. It is our... First, let me say, we're going to our around the league portion of the podcast. And first, let's talk about the league bet standings. Eddie, I'm disappointed because you didn't make any bets this week after participating the first week.
2: I know, I know.
0: So you're still sitting at three points, and now you're in fourth place as the sole owner of three points. Damon, you didn't even participate
1: in all at all either week, so... I can explain that if you would like me to explain, please. So I'm not a huge on betting. Like I don't really know the, uh, the wording and all that. So I was typing out my bets the first week and I was like, looking at, it, I was like, this doesn't even look right. I'm not going (laughs) to send it and look like an idiot. I'm just not going to participate. Come on. You can ask theoretically, theoretically, you can come back and win just on this week alone. Yeah. I was gonna ask questions. I think I, I think what I had was like right, but I just didn't know, and I just didn't take the time to, uh, to confirm. Yeah, I'm definitely so. putting
2: one in this week because, like, you, you got a said. swing for a ton of yeah. parlays. I'm doing all of them are
0: parlays. Yeah, yeah. So then in third place we have Jake with four points. He had three last week. He only hit on one single bet this week. So his bets were taking Scott on the money line, which for those of you maybe like Damon who don't know a whole a lot about sports betting. Money line means simply that he picked Scott to win the matchup. He missed on that bet. He also made a parlay of betting me on the money line, so me to win and then Nick covering the spread of losing by 30 or less points. He missed on that bet. Both of those things missed. Actually, I should say he he, he got it right with me on the money line, but Nick did not keep it within 30, so he missed on the parlay. He also bet me scoring under 188 points. He hit on that by, I think, what, five points, a little less. He made a parlay of Deshaun Watson scoring under 21.2 points and Matt Ryan scoring under 17.8 points. They both hit their over, so he missed on that. And then his last bet was a parlay of Allen Robinson scoring over 16.6 points and Nick Chubb scoring over 16.6 points as well. And both of those players hit the under, so he missed on that. In second place, we have Nick with seven points, who scored two points this week. He had five last week. He also bet uh, himself covering the spread, missed on that. He bet a parlay of Taysom Hill under 21.2 and me scoring under 188. He hit on that. That's plus two. And then his last three bets were parlays. He missed on all three. Gardner Minshew over 17 points and Nelson Aguilar over 11.4. Neither of those two hit their over. That was a miss. Second parlay of this last three, Terry McLaurin under 16.2 and Antonio Brown under 12.1. McLaurin was under, but AB was over, so he missed on that. And then he had the same parlay as Jake with Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan both hitting their unders. And of course, like I said before, they both hit the over. So Nick has seven points. And then I'm in first place, not too far ahead of Nick. I have nine total points, and I only hit on two bets this week. I took the Scott money line, just like Jake missed on that because he lost to Damon. I took Kareem Hunt over 10.9 points. He scored under that amount, so I missed. I took my matchup with Nick with a total under 346 points. I hit on that. I took Matt Ryan under 17.8, which was a miss. And then I took Jeff Wilson Jr. under 14.3 hit on that. I think he had 12 points. So that is your league bet standings. Like I said, clearly nobody is so far ahead that it would be too late for anybody to jump in, make a bunch of parlays and potentially win the entire competition just this week. So I'd encourage anybody that would like to participate, please jump in when Jake sends those betting odds over. I think he'll do that um, either Wednesday or Thursday. Eddie, I'm going to toss it to you. All
2: right, everyone. So here we go with the fantasy over under for the week Uh, records. I'm at nine and 16, which is pathetic. Nate is at 15 and 13, finally above 500 there. Um, And then this is Damon's first week. So we'll jump right into it. For the very first one, I have uh, the 99 club, which is Nate's team with the quarterback duo there. Over under 40 points, his two quarterbacks are Drew Brees facing Minnesota's 13th pass defense, fantasy pass defense, and Kyler Murray versus San Francisco's number 10th ranked pass defense for fantasy. What do you guys have? You can Go ahead, uh, Nate.
0: Yeah, I have the over on this. I think that Kyler Murray has showed me enough that he looks to be back to his original form, so I think that Kyler Murray is going to do the heavy lifting here to get To get the quarterback duo most of the way to 40, you know, I would feel comfortable saying that I think Kyler Murray can put up 25 points, maybe more. So if Drew Brees only has to put up maybe 15 to meet this line to get over, then I'm pretty comfortable taking the over here.
1: And I agree with Nate 100%. Drew Brees would have to have an awful week to not be able to pick up any slack that, you know, Kyler doesn't get. He's just. He's too good in the end zone, in the red zone, not to uh, get at least 20 points, and if not 25 here.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess my biggest question here is the defenses that they're playing. But even with those defenses that they're playing, they're not amazing defenses. Um, and their secondaries aren't anything extremely special. So I'm I'm taking the over on this one. Um, and, and Nate, kind of, you explained it really well. As long as Kyler Murray can put up 25, you know. Brees should be able to put up 15. Um obviously last week he had a people are saying he had a shaky performance. I mean, he had 3 touchdowns and one interception. I think he had 230 some yards passing. It's not a horrible game right there
0: at all You're by any about means. Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. It's not he a horrible really bad game. in the first half. yeah then he, br- he brought it back. He brought it the back in the
2: game. So I think Drew Brees will will be able to kind of hold his own there and and at least put up 15 because I think Kyler Murray will put up anywhere from 20 to 25. So
0: I agree. and And I don't think that it's a lock that Drew Brees is just instantly back to being a pretty reliable, consistent quarterback. But I think maybe some of it last week, just if you watched the game and kind of saw the timing that he looked terrible in the first half and started to play better in the second half. I think some of that can be attributed to knocking some rust off after missing a month. Um, I'm not going to go out and say Drew Brees is just back to being a pretty reliable fantasy starting quarterback. But in my opinion, I think at least some of that last week that we saw can be attributed to. He hadn't played in a month. He was just getting back out there and knocking off some rust. So, Yeah, I agree. And then, the
2: second matchup here that I have, well, second, uh, over under here that I have are Damon's pair of running backs at an over under of 30. So first we have Swift versus Tampa Bay's number five, ranked rushing defense. Um, and then we have Kenyon Drake versus San Francisco, uh, number sixth rushing defense. I know that you're kind of on the edge. You're not sure who to start here, Damon. Um, but I quite honestly don't think it really affects what I'm going to pick with the over-under here. Um, it, it makes it a little tougher for me, um, but I'm going to go with the under. I can see kind of DeAndre Swift holding up his own for the most part. Um, it's just that backfield with Kenyon Drake and uh, – his name slipping my head Chase right now. Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. That's what it is. Uh, with Chase Edmonds. <laughs> I can hear I think, the snapping. So yeah. Do for you. <laughs> <laughs> it can uh, – It can go any way, and any one of them could have a big game. It just depends who you're going to start. With this particular one with Kenyon Drake, Andy Andre says, I'm going to go with the under on this. What do you have, Damon?
1: I'm going to go with the over. Something like maybe like a good luck charm here. But I also think Swift carries this one if it happens to go over. And then Drake has been very touchdown dependent this whole year but he's been kind of consistent with getting those touchdowns. I think all it takes is a touchdown to help cover the rest that Swift can't can't come up with.
0: Yeah, I agree with Damon. I'm taking the over and the way that I see it, I think DeAndre Swift is a pretty safe bet for at least, I don't know, 18 points. And I think that the rest can be made up in one of two ways, either like Damon said, Kenyon Drake falling into the end zone for a touchdown or we've even seen DeAndre Swift. He is a touchdown hawk at this point in the year as a running back. So maybe even him falling into the end zone for a second time, I think would be enough um, combined with whatever Kenyon Drake does to get up over that that 30 line. I don't really think that's super high. Um, so even if even without the commentary, uh, with a team of Damon's caliber, I, I would expect the running backs to get up over 30 points. Um, pretty much no matter who they were at this point. If I'm seeing a team in the championship, maybe that's a bad way to analyze it. But yeah, I don't think it's gonna be too challenging for him to get up over 30 with those two guys.
1: So I mean, they didn't hit 30 this past week. Yeah. If if that you know yeah. changes your mind there, it I think doesn't 20, because 28.
0: I think yeah. What they you said they had 28 total?
1: Yeah, just under 30. Something 28, 29.
0: It's, so basically, it took a really bad, in my, in my view, it took a really bad game from Kenyon Drake to hit the under there. Whereas I think, and I don't have his player profile pulled up here, but I think that was the first game in maybe a month where Kenyon Drake hadn't scored over 10 points. And if that happens this past week, they're over 30 without even having great games.
1: Yeah, so. you're right. He hasn't hit under in, in a while, under 10.
0: But, yeah, uh, so Damon and I, I think, both took the over. Eddie took over and then under. Does that sound right, guys? Yep. Yep. Okay, we'll see We'll see where the chips fall there this weekend. Sure. Let's uh, move on to championship edition of Player A or Player B. Damon, we're excited to have you on for this. This is one of my favorite segments, so I always like to hear what people's responses are to this. I'm excited. So Player A and Player B, the first pair – are a set of running backs and of course the championship edition means that one of these guys is going to be from my team one of these guys is going to be from damon's team and i did a pair of running backs and a pair of quarterbacks we're going to start with the running backs and damon try not to give it away if you know instantly who this is because obviously these are your guys so you might know off the top of your head which which player i'm picking from your team. player a has averaged 42 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown On nine carries per game while also catching four passes for 30 yards on average he has scored seven touchdowns on the season and is averaging 15 fantasy points per game in his last three games this running back has scored a total of 63.1 points for an average over that span of 21 points per game player b has averaged 99 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown on 18 carries per game while also catching one pass for 12 yards on average. He has scored 10 touchdowns on the season and is averaging 17.3 fantasy points per game. And in his last three games, this running back has scored a total of 56.5 points for an average over that span of 18.8 points per game. Eddie, I'll ask you first, because of course you're the unbiased source. Who would you rather have, player A or player B?
2: I'm going to go player B here. Um, I think overall, more touchdowns on the year, um, rushing touchdowns at least, and more yards um, just in general. You said he's averaging, what, 99 yards a game? Correct. Yeah, with a touchdown um, with 10 on the year. So I think consistency-wise, running back number two has been producing really well throughout the year.
1: And then... I'm also going to go player B for mostly the same reasons. I mean, you're averaging 99 yards. The likelihood that you're going to find the end zone just keeps increasing the more yards you get. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: Damon, which of these two guys is your running back and who is it?
1: Um, it's tough. It's tough to, if the numbers are in front of me, it's going to be a lot easier to try to remember the numbers. I think I thought player A was Kenyon Drake at first. Incorrect, and,
0: yeah. But player A is one of your running backs, I guess that kind of gives it away.
1: Okay, and is player B Nick Chubb?
0: Player B is Nick Chubb, and player A is Swift DeAndre Swift. So you guys okay. both took Chubb over Swift. It is really close lately, lately, it is very, really close because Swift has scored. Nearly eight more points over his last three games total than Chubb. Um, Not a big difference, but definitely goes to show that it's been close recently between those two. Mm -hmm. The second pair, like I mentioned before, are quarterbacks. Player A is averaging 286 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and one interception per game, while also averaging 27 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown on seven carries per game. This player has a 30 to 9 touchdown to interception ratio and has averaged 24.6 fantasy points per game on the season. In his last three games, this quarterback has scored a total of 86.1 points for an average over that span of 28.7 points per game. Player B, is averaging 260 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and one interception per game, while also averaging 53 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown on nine carries per game. This player has a 26 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio and has averaged 25.7 fantasy points per game on the season. In his last three games, this quarterback has scored a total of 68 points for an average over that span, of 22.7 points per game. Damon, I'll toss it to you first this time. Which quarterback would you rather have, player A or player B?
1: I'm taking player A because I believe player A less interceptions on the year.
0: Mm-hmm. And Correct. Two, right?
1: two less and, right. and then four more and touchdowns. And then the, uh, the rushing attempts is close. Even though the yards isn't that close, the rushing attempts is close for it to be uh, not that big of a of a gap, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take player A for the the turnover differential. Sure, Eddie, what do you have?
2: Yeah, and I think kind of doing this with me all year, you know, I'm I'm really big on the turnover differential and the plus minus on this one. Um, so I'm definitely gonna take A here, just cause solely because of that fact, the 30 to nine, um, just sits a little more comfortably with me. Um, just more of a reliable quarterback, someone who's not gonna throw as many interceptions. So I'm gonna go with A.
0: And you guys know which two quarterbacks these are. So, who was player A and who was player B? Eddie, I'll let you have first crack.
2: Say Josh Allen's A. That's right, and Kyler Murray's B.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yes. So I, I thought it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought it was originally yeah. too. But
0: I think at this point, it's it's really tough because if you're going off of past month, Josh Allen is for sure the answer. Oh yeah. If you're going off of coming out of this past week, Josh Allen still put up a better performance, but Kyler Murray definitely looks like he's back. So this should be, it's going to be really fun to watch to see which of these two quarterbacks puts up more points. Uh, It's super close particular. Yeah. It's
1: super close. I think your quarterback
2: matchups in general between the two of you, I think it's going to be a fun week for quarterback matchups.
1: I Uh, agree. Cause you have, you have your, your big boom potential. Yeah. And then you have your second guy could also put up points but there's a lot of question marks. So.
0: Yep. We have the faces yeah. of the NFL and then the nursery home. Exactly. That <laughs> <down> QB2. <laughs> and if anybody yeah. cared to know on the season, Kyler Murray is QB one, mm-hmm. Josh Allen is QB three. And then as far as the running back duo, Nick Chubb is running back 14 and Deandre Swift is running back 20. Of course, both of those guys missed a little bit of time. Chubb more than Swift, but both did miss some time due to injury. So just thought I'd toss that out there. Transaction of the week as we wind down this championship edition of Best Player Wins Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, This will be the last time that we do this segment, of course. I will go ahead and lead us off and say that my transaction of the week was Nick claiming Gardner Minshew II. We know that Nick didn't win, but out of all the quarterbacks that were available, including Cam Newton, who he dropped, Gardner Minshew outscored every single option that Nick had at quarterback two. Now, we know, of course, that Marcus Mariota snapped on Thursday Night Football after Derek Carr exited early with injury, but he wasn't available because, one, Mike owns the Las Vegas quarterback room, you know, as we talked about earlier in the year with our league rules. And, two, you wouldn't own a backup to the starter anyway. Um, you're not going to start somebody that's on the bench to, be, you know, to start the game. So, so Nick chose the best option or quarterback, two this week, even though he fell short in the matchup. So I wanted to give him credit there. Damon, did you have anything for this?
1: Um, I don't believe that I myself made a pivotal transaction this last week, so I'm going to break the rules and say two weeks ago, I believe I picked up Logan Thomas, who has been performing above, ex- above expectation for sure in this playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I think that was a fair... Uh... Fair pick to break the rules because he's been last week especially he was lights out he looks like a legit top five and I think he is I think I saw today that he is now like in terms of how many points he scored on the season a top five tight end. it is five exactly yeah, he yep. is five so great pickup um, yeah would you have
2: I I had Garner Minshew um I, there was really no transactions this past week that really stood out to me that were like wow um there really weren't a lot of teams that were making any crazy transactions either. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I really didn't have any transactions that really stood out to me outside of that one a little bit.
0: Sure. And and I just want to say, as as this is the last time that we feature that transaction of the week segment until next season, that I have kind of looked at this as maybe our most boring segment, but I've continued to keep it in the podcast content because I think there's something to be said that matchups, or even if you kind of combine transactions over the course of an entire season, Seasons can be made based on what you're doing on the waiver wire, what you're doing in terms of free agent ads. Um, So I've persisted in keeping this segment on our podcast because I want people to, you know, even if I don't say this every week, I want people to understand, like, you can improve your team, not just through draft, like Damon has a tendency of, of leaning on heavily or through trade, like I have a tendency of leaning on heavily, but kind of picking and choosing your spots of where to use your waiver claims, which players to look out for on the free agent pool? Um, th- that's a great way to improve your team. So I've kept that on there, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, kind of shine a spotlight on transactions being an underrated part of fantasy football. So let's uh, let's move on to the last segment of our eleventh episode here. It's our news and notes, and the first thing I have, which was really. In terms of fantasy relevant, talking about like my team, Damon's team, and I guess to an ex- extent, Scott and Nick's team, the one piece of news that I didn't put in here because this came out earlier today was that George Kittle was returning. We've already touched on how that will boost Nick's chances in beating Scott this week, so I won't um, necessarily dive into that. But one thing that we haven't talked about yet in great detail is the Raiders quarterback situation. So Derek Carr is in danger of missing – week 16's game versus the Miami defense, which we know is a legit tough defense at this point. Um, would you guys expect Darren Waller's production to take a hit if Derek Carr misses the game? Or do you think that based on Mariota's performance last week, that Darren Waller's production is going to be quarterback proof, no matter which one of them starts? I'll toss it to you first, Damon.
1: I believe Waller's performance is going to take, take a hit. I mean, how big a hit. I don't think it's going to be a very big hit but a lot a big factor that a lot of people don't take into consideration when we talk about like QBs that replace a quarterback mid-game is that that defense is not prepared for for that new QB and that sometimes can can be beneficial to the new QB and it looks like they're better than they actually are. But then when a defense has a full week to prepare for that QB, they can come out flat the next week. And I think that's that's what's going to set Waller back is is Mariota's performance.
2: I actually had Mariota's performance helping Darren Waller. Um, even with Derek Carr and Mariota, the situation, I think they're both very similar quarterbacks. Um, obviously, they, they have their own different little play styles in the way that they do Um Mariota I think is a little bit more willing to to escape the pocket and run with the ball than Carr is but Carr will do it just the same. I think Mariota just played a really good game last week when he came in. Um and he targeted Waller a decent amount after he came back in. So I actually think Waller's production is going to go up a little bit. Um I think Mariota's kind of kind of rely on him to give him some of those so, some of those easy passes and that big target on that uh on that offense to to throw the ball to. So
0: you guys make interesting points that i think both uh definitely hold weight um i could see either of those two playing out for sure uh so in closing week 16 it's the final week of our fantasy playoffs damon i'm gonna ask you first who do you have in the matchup between scott and nick
1: i I have nick in this one for uh you said Kittle's coming back. I, I didn't look at that and know that, and that even helps with my claim. But I, I think his matchups um, and his big shot players are going to propel Nick through this one.
0: He's not, he's not confirmed to be active just yet, but Kyle Shanahan said that it's likely that he plays. So uh, hopefully okay. for Nick's sake, he does play. I, th- I think he will. Eddie, who do you have for uh, Scott and Nick's matchup?
2: I think for me, I'm going to have to go Scott. Nick's going to be m- missing Miles Gaskins. He's missing Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I think even if he were to get George Kittle, not sure if it would make that big of a difference um, on that offense. Um, Jeff Wilson is also questionable coming at this week, even though he might play. He just suffered this ankle injury, but we'll see if he plays or not. Um, if he doesn't play, he's going to be pretty – pretty dry um, on his team. And then obviously Scott only has Stefan Diggs, who's questionable. Everybody else is pretty much ready to play. So I have Scott on this one.
0: Yeah, I think you could go either way here. I'm going to go with Nick because I think Kittle is a huge factor in this matchup. And I think... If anything, Gaskin being out and Clyde being out makes Nick's lineup decisions that much more clear because I think Clyde has been a borderline start at best over the past few weeks. And now Nick doesn't have to feel guilty about sitting him down on the bench. Whereas um, even with uh, Miles Gaskin, he's out. Salvin Ahmed put up 21 points this past week without him. So I think that's a pretty clear start. Um, As well as you mentioned it, uh, I know you were talking about him being hurt or banged up Jeff Wilson. Well, the 49ers came out today and said that Raheem Mostert is done for the season, they put him on put him on IR. So I think that his role is also more defined for this coming week. So I'm going to pick Nick to win this matchup. But certainly, as we've talked about in detail on the episode here, it should be a close matchup. I'll have Damon and I abstain from answering this question so that there's no reverse psychology or karma pointed at either one of
1: us. I just want to say one thing. What's that? Eddie, be very careful on how you answer this question.
0: Eddie, give us your unbiased, completely honest answer. Who do you have taking home the 2020 league title?
2: This is a tough one. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Nate here. Um, I just think that your team's just consistently done it week in and week out. And it's kind of hard to bet against that. Um, at this point, you know, you, you've done it to this point, but again, I said this earlier, um, Damon's team has come through with two big wins that he's coming off of. Um, and obviously your wins were big, but I think your wins were expected. His wins weren't necessarily expected. Um, and he's kind of come through and put up those performances. Um, you know, I, I have you, Nate, kind of coming home with it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Damon could pull us off.
0: And I know Damon is smiling from ear to ear because you've picked against him, I think, <laughs> in each – or one of us has picked against him in each matchup so far, and he's been on a win streak, so.
1: <laughs> I don't think there's any reverse psychology. I think Eddie's just a smart kiss, individual. Kiss he death. just kiss he knows death. what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I before- mean, it, if I, if I were to go any other way with this and, and go the other way, I I'd just be lying to myself. I'm going to be honest here,
0: but that's fair. I did ask you for your unbiased yeah. opinion. So I appreciate you giving it to us. Damon, before we cut out, you know, on this second to last episode, you might be back next week. We're going to, we plan on having the league champion on our closing episode for the season. So we might talk to you again next week. But true. if, if we do not, is there anything in closing that you would like to share before
1: we, uh, get um, I really enjoyed this podcast. I enjoyed this fantasy season specifically. I think, like, this league does a lot of different things, unique things that a lot of other leagues don't do that make it, you know, more fun. Um, I, I was at first a big um, – I didn't like the QB, the QB for a while, and now I'm starting to get used to it a little bit more. Uh, I like, you know, the little changes we do. This podcast is, is something fun. I just mentioned it to my dad right before this and he said that, that was that was fun, like that was an interesting thing. So I, I give my hat to Eddie and Nate, um, Jake with and for everyone else who contributed to any new new thing added to the league.
0: Yeah. I think we have a good thing going and we're glad to have you as a part of it. Glad that you were uh willing to join us for looking ahead to the championship yeah
2: me uh, me too man and again one of the biggest things that you know i think nate and i have conversations continuously throughout the year and and we just had a conversation about some things with this league a couple a couple days ago about like how can we keep this league competitive and how can we keep it kind of rolling and and kind of keep this momentum to make sure everybody stays uh kind of intrigued or interacted again if anybody has any ideas or questions or anything that you guys would think that would make the league better Throw it out there, let us know. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. We'll kind of come together as a group and figure it all out. But you know, most of these decisions that we make and a lot of the things that we do for this league is just to make sure that you guys stay we stay interactive with you guys and we we make it as fun as possible. Um, because this has easily been the funnest year of fantasy football I've ever played. So
0: definitely. Good luck this weekend, Damon, truly. It's good luck to you as well. It's yep. gonna be fun. All good right, luck, go boys. ahead and go yeah, go ahead and take us out, Eddie.
2: And thank you, everyone, for making it out to episode 11. We truly appreciate it. Thank you, Damon, for making it out. Um, Good luck to the both of you. And maybe we'll be seeing Damon next week. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Um, A loser is going to be on this podcast regardless. A winner, actually, my fault. A winner <laughs> is going to be on this podcast regardless. Are you referring, are you referring to yourself on that last one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. Here. Listen, <laughs> I've been on this podcast all year. A loser has been here all year. Um, but now a winner is going to be here regardless next week, whether it's Damon or whether it's Nate. So, congratulations, boys. And you guys did a really good job this year.
0: Here.